This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I have an incredible guest to share with you today before we jump into our amazing batch with Sam Diminich. Abby, this is our second time getting to sort of talk about this incredible uh, event that's going on in Charlotte. You remember last year, yeah? Oh, we had a blast last year. Oh, yes. There was so much wine, so much food, so many of our friends. Uh, And for a great cause. And for a great cause. So here with us to talk about some of the details that are coming up this year. uh, Welcome to Lauren Deese, the Executive Director of Charlotte Wine and Food Week. Hi, Lauren. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. I mean, you are in the throes of it right now in planning and preparation. So how are you doing, first of all? We are just uh, a month out from Charlotte Wine and Food Week. It's always a little stressful, but it's exciting and it's worthwhile. And we get to talk with and and see so many wonderful people like you guys and Sam. And uh, so, it, it, like I said, it's it's a rewarding job and, and I'm lucky to have it. Awesome. So yeah, it's sneaking up, right? April 18th through the 23rd. And there's so much going on. So give us a little bit of a rundown of what folks can look forward to and where they can find more information. Right. So this is our 35th year of fundraising, which we're very excited about. Have familiar things and some new things going on. So we will have, we start with restaurant vintner dinners at restaurants all around town, Tuesday through Thursday. Then we have a new event, um, our connoisseur level event for really our wine collectors this year is called the Collectors Gala and Live Auction, which will be taking place at the Ruth. It's going to be a lot of fun with pretty much all of the wineries doing dinners will gather in one room for this event. Um, and then after about an hour and a half of tasting, you'll sit down for a family sound meal and hopefully our most robust live auction we've had in a long time. Um, then on Saturday is our grand tasting, which you guys have been to, featuring um, over 100 different wines, 10 plus chefs and restaurants doing tasting samplings, live music. And there we have our online auction preview. So our online auction is actually open the entire week. Anyone can participate, whether you've been to an event or you're out of town, you can also participate. Um, So amazing wine and experience lots there. Um, Last year, I think we had close to 100 lots online. So you'll be able to get a little in-person preview at the grand tasting of that. And then we are going to close things up on Sunday with two signature events. Um, We have, we started a brunch uh, three years ago. This year, it will transformed from a rosé brunch to a bubble brunch with uh, Shandon. Very exciting. And uh, last but not least, we're going to have a celebration of Spanish wine and food in the evening called Buenas Noches. Uh, We will be saying goodnight to our week, if you will. Um, And both of these events will be outdoors on Sunday, weather permitting, uh, in a beautiful garden that's between the Grand Bohemian and the Caroline Building uptown. So really gorgeous way to end the week. Um, and then the auction will close and and we'll tally all the results and hopefully uh, make a very large donation to charity on par with our past years of several hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that is incredible. And I, I will speak from experience. If anybody's attending the grand tasting, please go hungry and thirsty and take a ride share. Do not drive yourself yep. there. Yes. Um, 
so much on offer. And I, I think the samples that y'all talked about uh, were a little bit more generous than we anticipated. So we definitely oh, we were full, <laughs> we were <very> full. <laughs> full and happy. That's how we like our guests to leave full, happy and, and, and feeling good about uh, about giving back to, to our wonderful children's charities. That's awesome. And any shout outs for the charity organizations that you'd like to throw out? I know that you've got several uh, that are beneficiaries of these events. So what types of, of organizations are we looking at here? Yeah, collectively, we like to think that our our four charity partners are supporting uh, upward mobility in Charlotte. Um, our, our partners are the Learning Collaborative, a tuition-free preschool in the Greer Heights community. Um, Augustine Literacy Project, they send volunteer tutors into the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system to work one-on-one -on -one with kids that are not at reading grade level. Um, Gen 1, they help first-generation students navigate to and through high school and into college. And last but not least, um, A Child's Place, which is a program of Thompson Child and Family Focus, um, who supports families who are struggling with homelessness. All really incredible causes. Um, and like I said, collectively, you can see how they're supporting that upward mobility in Charlotte. Fantastic. Wonderful causes, wonderful events to look forward to. I know I just gave you the big quiz, right? Asking you to list them all on the fly, but you've obviously uh, done your homework and you, you're ready for us to enjoy everything here in April. So I know I'm looking forward to it. Abby, you too. We're have I to, am so ready. We're going to have a hard time choosing because there are so many. Why choose, Jen? We can go to everything. You know, I like that attitude. I'm just going to take off that whole week. Some events are already sold out, guys. So Ooh. don't delay. Go to charlottewineandfood.org. Follow us on social media. Learn about what we're doing and get your tickets today. Get your tickets today before they are gone. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. We will see everyone there uh, this April 18th through the 23rd at the Charlotte Wine and Food Week. And without further ado, let's get straight into today's batch with Sam Diminich. Hi, everyone. My name is Jen. My name's Abby. And this is Amuse Boosh. Abby. Hey, Jen. Yo, you went to a place last week that I am super jelly about. Yeah, you are. And you will continue to be until you go with me the next time. Like later this evening? As soon as you are available. Okay. I'm, I, I, I will go back. My schedule tomorrow. Just make it happen. I'm free tomorrow. All right. So tell us who we got. We have Sam Diminich of Restaurant Constance and Your Farms, Your Table here in the studio. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Hello. We're Hello. so happy yeah. to have you. Happy to be here. Thanks oh for having me. Oh my God. I feel like I've been following you on social media for an inappropriate yeah. amount of time. So it feels like we're meeting a celebrity. That's how it feels. It's like a big fish in this Charlotte pond. It's like your name is around. Not mm -hmm. only, I mean, look, you beat Bobby Flay. <gasps> Did you know this? Of course I did. Of but course was, you did. I was doing the gas. Okay, I understand. <laughs> but we're, we're going to get to that because I have yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so much going on for you in the last few years, I think. Um, but first and foremost, welcome to the studio. How you doing? I'm okay. Are you okay? <laughs> you have a relatively so. new restaurant, so I always like to Week check six. in. Week six. Mm -hmm. Oof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like two years of planning, though. So two years plus six weeks. That's it? So, yeah, that's so. all? That's yeah, it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Two years, yeah. meaning like you started planning at the very beginning of COVID. Somewhat. Well, going on three Wait, years what's for COVID. Three? I mean, yeah, it's Look at years. me thinking it's 2002. Yeah. But hey, optimism, thinking like at some yeah. point the pandemic is going to be over. So out. I guess I'll start planning now. Kind of right? feels like that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. But doing well, though. That's great. Uh, I'm so proud to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> like new, new restaurants. And we were uh, we were having dinner earlier with Heidi Bellotto, uh, who is Love a, Heidi. Yep, yes. Shout out, Heidi. Shout out, Heidi. And... Um, 
she was like, I'm just going to, I give everyone some time before I go <laughs> see a new restaurant. And, and I feel like that's fair, but, but obviously Abby. Well, I can vouch. Yeah. Sam's ready for you, Heidi. He's ready. He's ready. Yep. Come right. see us, Heidi. Oh my but God. That is cool though, that she, you know, gives us a little bit of grace. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I think everyone could use that. Um, Isn't that the truth? Oh, but okay. So restaurant constants. Yes. This is the newest thing. We'll get to that too. Sure. But talk to us, Sam, about the journey. How did we get here? This is so, a dynamic. Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, I know. Thing, right? So like you were you were giving me a little bit of a teaser of this when I went to the restaurant, but like you are part of kind of a restaurant dynasty. Mm-hmm. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Kind of, Ooh, yeah, oh. kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm third generation restaurateurs. Huh. My grandfather was from uh, Trieste. Okay. Which I'm going there next month. Uh, to trace my family roots. <gasps> I've seen cool the trip. social media posts about yeah. those. Yeah, I can be more excited about that. Ugh. And um, and so, yeah, so he's an immigrant. Mm. Came um, through Ellis, like set up shop in Queens, and then eventually down south. And awesome. opened the very first Italian restaurant in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where I'm, where I'm from. Oh, wow. And there's like 3,000 restaurants there now. So that's that's like, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah, I can the claim to first. fame. The and first like, anything in Myrtle Beach is like, you've got to own that. Gotta own that, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, like never went, he was like, it's just a cool story. Like he never went to school, was uneducated, but came to the States and, and, um, fell in love with hospitality and taking care of people and cooking. That's the American dream, right? You yeah. work hard and you build a life for yourself. Yeah. 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 And so he, yeah. So he, um, so yeah, so he was the very first restaurant tour. And then my dad did what he, his dad did and I'm doing what my dad did. No, what, what did your dad do that was, did he take over the restaurant in Myrtle Beach? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we, so the, we had one that was like the flagship restaurant and yeah. then we had several other restaurants, you know, throughout the family. And, um, and so, yeah, so dad ran a couple of them. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So it was a great way to grow up. I'm assuming you started as a dishwasher. When they would let me. Yeah. <laughs> when they would let me come hang. Yeah. It was, it was so you had to humble earn it. beginnings. Yeah, for sure. How did you mm-hmm. earn your way in there? Uh, I probably caught him on a good night. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah. It was either washing dishes or bussing tables. Like okay. they're almost like one, almost one in the same. But I, I don't remember which came first. But I'm pretty sure it was the dishwashing. Okay. Yep. S- standing on a like milk crate type, you know, like hosing <laughs> yeah. plates down and just just trying to like not get kicked out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was such a cool place. Those to be. industrial strength like <laughs> hoses are so yep. much fun, especially if you're a kid. I can imagine. <laughs> Uh, I need one of those at my house, like real bad. Yeah. Yep. My, husband's, my husband's content on like, I'm going to just let this soak. <laughs> no, right now. <laughs> oh, he's playing the soaking card? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do that in our house. <laughs> We're fine. We have a good therapist. Um, but that's amazing. So yeah. did did your family cook? Were they cooks? How did you, how did you sort of step into the role of chef from well, that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they were. Um, you know, um, that's just, you know, like if we, whenever it was dinner time, we went to the restaurant. Yeah. Whenever I was done with school and, or baseball practice or whatever I was doing, we, t- we went to the restaurant. You know, we had a table. It was a table that was kind of like in the back of the dining room. Yeah. Like, this is an old old world restaurant, right? You know, and so yeah. we had the family table. Sometimes you see it these days. You're doing but their homework sometimes. back there? Doing the homework? Yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm one of five. I have four oh, siblings. Nice. Like yeah, it. so we we're all like, they just would just shuffle us in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> now, is everyone still and, in the restaurant business? Did they branch out? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you were the only, only one. one left. Oh, yes. Okay. Only one left. Yes. So, so when They did were you... like, oh, no. I'm yeah. going to college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but you got bit by the bug. I did. Yes. I did. And I, I'm really grateful for it. You know, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world, oh. you know, because I, I never had to like, spend those years wondering what was next, what the next chapter of my life would look like. You know, we had some challenges, but, I know, you know, it was always pretty clear to me what I wanted to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. this is the this is a transferable skill, right? Like if 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 you need to travel somewhere, there's going to be a job for someone who can cook. Like that yeah. is that is a skill that if you have it, no one can take that away from yeah. you. Yeah. So when did you decide that Myrtle Beach was was not going to be your your final like settled well, place? I feel mad that I'm giggling, but it feels like Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Beach is, is like not your destination. Not the of capital choice. of culinary prowess, or like not to throw. Sh- I'm sure like. All you the restaurants that I've been yeah, yeah, you totally right. have permission to throw okay, shade. Cool. Yeah, definitely. We're a good company. The, yeah, definitely. They, they are not like there are not there are not too many culinary breakthroughs in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's fair. There's a whole lot of shrimp baskets. You know, I, I like do a love shrimp a shrimp basket, basket and a frozen drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at it, but it it's it's a summer thing. It's yeah. a summer vacation thing. Yep. So so yeah, how how did you break off from that and decide? Yeah. So well, I so okay, so I. You know, I grew up in the family restaurant, and then when it came time to figure out what I was going to do after high school, mm-hmm. um, my dad kind of sent me to kind of, he definitely voluntold me to go to culinary school. Cool. Yeah. This little, um, it's now a great culinary academy. Back then, it was it was just like an upstart. And so, I went to culinary school. Um, Name drop Georgetown it. Tech, Name drop or it. Georgetown Tech. Okay, awesome. And it's right next to Coastal Carolina. Cool. Which has made a name for itself in the years since. But um, And then, about the same time, I wound up like, um, finding a job in a restaurant that wasn't my father's. And in this restaurant, um, I discovered like seasonal foods, fresh foods. Mm. We baked our own bread. We made our own veal stock. Wow. We Ugh. butchered our own um, like subprimals and um, everything was just from scratch. And then, like, so then, so I've been cooking for a long time, right? With, with my parents and in the family restaurant. Um, but then and only then really did I fall in love with cooking mm. and have an understanding of like, this is where I belong. You're like, granddad, oh. you're it not was, making your own veal stock? What are you doing? Well, then it was just like, it was just like an obligation, like growing up in the family thing. It's just what you did. Right. You know? And, um, and so that was that. And then once I, um, you know, I kind of like branched out a little bit, plus I was going to school and I was, um, in this new environment, um, and, uh, these new discoveries and I was with people who really, really mm-hmm. love food. And that was the environment for me. And then, then and only then really did I realize that this would be my future and mm-hmm. that was right where I needed to be. It's infectious, right? Yeah. So that little was, fire yeah, under you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, the chef there—he's actually still there. It's—it was called the Sea Island Inn growing up, and and since there there there's something different now, Island Vista or something like that. But um, he's still there, and and but whenever I cross paths with him, um, like he was he was European trained, uh, he was super smart, organized, and um and like you know I mean he's he was super passionate about what he did, and I, and I like I wanted that I want like. I wanted to learn more. Absolutely. You know, and so I knew it was in the right place. Yeah. So where from there did you take your next step? So about a year into it, maybe a year and a half, something like that, um, he entered this competition in Myrtle's Inlet, which is like a little fishing village south of Myrtle Beach. And um, and then like it was another situation where I was like voluntold something. So I entered a sous chef competition. And first place was um, uh, the scholarship to Culinary Institute of America in New York in Hyde Whoa. Park. Wow. Yeah. And so I went up, wound up winning it. And, um, okay. How, how, hold yeah. on. I have questions. Like, how does a sous chef competition work? Like, how, how? Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what I made, but it, it's like, it's no different than any other cooking competition. Like, you have your time frame, you have your ingredients, you know, they, they start the timer and you just go. Yeah. Awesome. And then, you know, I mean, and then they have their set of judges. I think there was three judges. One of, one was the dean of the Culinary Institute of America, Ferdinand Metz. And, um, yeah, I won it. And so off I went. That's amazing. That's how I got to New York. Oh, man. 
Yep. So how long did you spend in New nothing York? Nothing is my, my life is planned out. Literally nothing. Um, I think you're not alone there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm but still like, looking next? back. <laughs> Honestly, but uh, and it's great we live, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever's next, next. Um, I was up there for two years. Awesome. Um, so the Conan Institute of America is is a fast program. I had a two. I was in. I was up there for the two year program. So you go first semester is kind of a classroom deal. Second semester is. Um, you know, it's like introduction to hot foods where, you know, you're finally in the kitchen and you're slicing and dicing and learning things. And then third semester, you go away and do your mm-hmm. apprenticeship. And so um, I went to Philadelphia and I went to a restaurant called Lebec Finn. Mm-hmm. And Lebec Finn was like, you've heard of the French Laundry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it was like the French Laundry of the East Coast at the time. Wow. And um, it was like, it was in its 25th year, five diamond. Back then, there was a Michelin uh, oh, yeah. rating system here. And um, it was just, um, I learned more there in six months than I did in two years and $60,000 worth of education. That's CIA. amazing. But I wouldn't have gotten there without the education. Yeah. You, you know, well, and that's so, the foundation, right? Right. It, it prepared you for that. Yeah. But I mean, for the first time in my life, though, I like I walked into um, uh, a restaurant or kitchen environment that nothing less than excellence, um, you know, would pass. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, it, Within those parameters, you learn teamwork, you learn solidarity, you learn um, vulnerability. Mm. Uh, even back then, and um, and the kitchens the way they were back then, there was still a level of vulnerability there. It's like I need help. We cannot fail. Like I don't want to be that person unless the entire team down. Yeah. And um and and that's where it went. So I learned so much more than um you know than cooking and recipes. I don't even think I took any recipes with me. It was really just the experience. Yeah. Um. So it was it was amazing. And then went back to New York. And then after that, went back to Myrtle. That's the journey. Yeah, but that's part of the journey. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. part of the journey. Part of the journey, yeah. Uh, we care mostly about the journey here in Charlotte because um, we are the ones that get to benefit from your, your talent that's developed <laughs> over true. these years. So really the crux of why you're here is to tell us how how you've created Sam Dimonich that we know today, right? So of those of those places that you sort of cut your teeth, so to speak, I'd love to hear if you have like, and I know you alluded to like, you learn more by doing than, you know, reading in a textbook or whatever, but like, what are the lessons? Like, what did you, not a recipe, but like, what did you, what did you take with you from those experiences that? Yeah. Like the teamwork you mentioned and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. vulnerability. Yeah. Well, I mean, growing up in, in, um, in my household, it was work ethic, mm. you know, and that was it. And still to this day, it's like one, there's one speed. You know, and that's go. And so, and, and so, but that'll only carry you so far. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to be open, I think, to new ideas and, and have an understanding is like, and I still preach this as much as I can today because my name is always out there, but it's really like anything that we do as a collective, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's, um, you know, so you have to have solidarity, you have to have humility, Fair. um, you have to have, like, you have to stay hungry. And, and, um, I think you have to be, you have to understand your truth and really like what keeps the fire lit within you. And so that's, um, you know, I have so many chefs that I've worked for over the years that have taught me. Everybody knows a little something different, right? Like one chef would be super organized. One chef is like has a dog mentality. Like Tom Condren had a dog mentality. She was always on the line. That's where the chef is supposed to be. You know what I mean? And that way you have the most influence over the food that you're preparing. It shit doesn't happen in the office. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so so I've. Um, I knew at an early age that if I wanted to advance, I had to be open to new ideas and, um, and that there was an education and, um, and that there's not a finish line. It's kind of like recovery, mm. you know, in sobriety and like, there's no finish line to sobriety. There's no finish mm-hmm. line to cooking. There's always something new. And so in order to be open to those ideas and to be able to absorb, um, you know, you have to stay humble 
this business will humble humble you anyway. Yeah. Yep. So you might as well buckle up, <laughs> right? Um, and you know what I mean. And you have to do the legwork uh, that requires to walk through new doors, yeah. time after time after time. Now you you alluded to this a minute ago, but you know your journey. What I, what I appreciate about you is that you're very open about your journey, and mm-hmm. and that's something that I think that there's a lot of value in sharing with our listeners here. And mm-hmm. you, you alluded to this a minute mm-hmm. ago about you know sobriety, and and that's something that has been part of your journey. Yeah. Would you share a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, first and foremost, let's not pretend like every like we don't struggle. Yeah. You know, right. let's talk about that or uh, life's challenges. For me, it was um it, you know it was just a lot of things, but but um yeah, I mean sobriety, recovery, drugs, drinking, alcohol. Um, selfishness, you know, mm-hmm. lying and stealing, all that, um, you know, is something that, um, you know, I tried to run from for, you know, almost three decades. Mm-hmm. Really, I didn't, you know, I didn't get sober until I was 38, you know, and, and I, I think I went to my first recovery-based meeting at like 14 or 15, something like that, you know, wow. first counselor and stuff like that. Yeah. It's been a lot of things, right? Most importantly, you know, my life as a whole has been um, just just one of change, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, you know what I mean? And, and so... Um, you know, I, I don't really know how to follow up with that other than to say that um, it took what it took for me to alter my trajectory. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just so glad there were people in my life, which, uh, you know, which is why I'm so open about my sobriety now. I'm so glad there were people in my life, my sisters, um, you know, people in, in recovery that um, were there to catch me when I was ready to fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and so that's, you know, that's the tribute right there. Right. And what I what I really think is interesting is that this is a hard industry mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. And, mm-hmm. and there's a significant percentage of folks who are struggling with some form of addiction. And that's not exclusive to this industry, but mm-hmm. it could be exacerbated, exacerbated by the level of stress and the hours and other aspects of the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for you to share a little bit about Ben's Friends. What is Ben's Friends mm-hmm. and, and what value can it add to the community? Yeah. So, um, so Ben's Friends is a recovery support group. Um, and we focus on prof- hospitality professionals. You know, and so cooks, chefs, bar managers, even food writers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Heidi, if, if listen. You're, if, you're in the, if you're in the industry, you know, that has been ripe uh, with addiction and alcoholism, it's, a, it's an easy place to hide out if you're an addict, if you're an alcoholism, alcoholic, um, you know, then, then we're here for you. And, um, you know, uh, if we zoom in, um, you know, if you zoom in on, on Ben's friends, you know, we, we meet, uh, we get together, um, we talk about things that are related to sobriety. If you zoom out, you know, we try to change the narrative that, um, you know, that has had its grip on the industry for mm. literally decades, generations, you know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be work hard, play hard. It doesn't have to be um, what it's been. You know, it can look like something different and, and a more sustainable industry. You know, we're, yeah. we're in the hospitality industry. We're, we're, we are wired. I'm wired to take care of people, mm. you know, and, and what Ben's friends and what sobriety has taught me is that I have to take care of myself. I take care of myself. I can take care of everybody else, yeah. you know, but it's got to start here, you know, and so that's, so we, we try to do a lot of things. We try to check a lot of boxes, but most importantly, you know, and this has been like something that's taken place, particularly in the pandemic, you know, it was like people are getting sober and Ben's friends and staying sober. And that's magic to me. That's magic. I mean, we're saving lives. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I, yeah. I mean like the stats, like if you look at the numbers, um, it has been all hands on deck mentality. It always will be all hands on deck mentality. But we've literally from, you know, from um, Charlotte to D.C. to Seattle, we've seen people log on to a Ben's Friends meeting on Zoom during the pandemic and put one foot in front of the other, you know, and um, find sobriety and maintain sobriety. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's just great to know that there is something out there that, you know, someone could could be like, well, 
no one under, no one understands my unique struggle. And it's like, well, you can be surrounded by people in your industry who are mm. struggling with things that are very similar. And mm. you can see examples of folks who continue to struggle but have found ways to work around it that, mm. that you can be inspired by and supported by. And I just think that's really profound. Mm-hmm. And I'm so yeah. grateful that there's something out there like that. Yeah, I am too. It's changed my life. You know, and, and like, you know, my sobriety is grounded in, um, in the 12-step community. And so whenever um, I crossed paths with Ben's friends in 2018, you know, I had no idea you know, how it would impact me and, and how um, I would be offered this expansion, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, um, you know, and, and touching bases on all points of recovery, yeah. you know, which is basically community recovery and, um, you know, in service. And so it's, it's just been a special place for me. And, and we're growing, you know, we're, we want to be in all 50 states. I think we're close to 30 now and, and uh, we'll continue to uh, do what we got to do to make an impact and expand our footprint. Yeah. How can folks learn more about Ben's Friends? Is there a website they can yeah. go to? Bensfriendshope.com. Awesome. Yeah. So for yeah. anybody listening. Yeah, I mean, so, so not only that, but like, so there's there's men's meetings, there's women's meetings, um, there's meetings every day, uh, midday. Um, we have late night meetings. Where, you know what I mean? Like, right. like when, log on, check it out, and um, and come join us, walk with us. It's wonderful. That's we need awesome. you. And yeah. you know, it speaks to the level of community and vulnerability that you alluded to earlier. That you know recognizing the struggle in other people and you can't push somebody mm-hmm. to to walk in that door but mm-hmm. just saying like whenever you're ready yeah. we've got you. Open. Yeah. I love what you said earlier that when I was ready to fall they caught me because yeah. you have to wait right you have to wait until someone's yeah. ready yeah. and in just the 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 folks in recovery that I've known in my life that's been a hard thing to watch from the outside but all you can do is hold yeah. your hands out and just wait yeah um, so that that there is such a valid community there to catch uh, just thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that, like, that's, a, I think that's a big point of like those of us that are in Ben's friends that are sober out loud is kind of how we put it. Right. You know, yeah. so people don't have to, I wouldn't want anybody to go through what I went through. Like I, you know what I mean? Like it was just horrible. And so, um, our thought process processes and what we believe is the more we talk about things that we used to not be able to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we normalize difficult conversations, um, they're not difficult anymore. Um, you know, the, 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 the better opportunity we have to stay ahead of the curve. You know, and, and so that's the mission. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. I think it goes hand in hand with the the normalization of mental health topics in society. I think especially from the pandemic, <laughs> we're all just in the slog together. Yeah. And a lot of the folks that had issues already, it was amplified or they developed them. And, and the more we're able to talk about that and not stigmatize it. I feel like the more chance everybody has to say like, hey, I'm struggling with this Mm -hmm. because there's help regardless of what that issue is. Right. So I I just love that that's that that's available and and specifically for that industry where I mean, the easiest story that I can think of, you know, is is Anthony Bourdain's book, Mm -hmm. you know, Kitchen Confidential talking about what that industry is like in the nitty gritty aspects of it. And obviously, you know, things didn't turn out so so well for mm-hmm. him and, and that's heartbreaking so yeah. showing the example that it can be different and that taking that step for yourself to take care of yourself in addition to taking care of other people that's mm-hmm. massive so yeah, yeah. And, and i think like changes like is is incredibly difficult right and i think a lot of us myself included you know we move through life at different phases mm-hmm. you know judging our what's going on inside us by other people's exteriors mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a that's a losing battle right there, yeah. you know. And so when recovery is relatable or um, pain is relatable or shame is relatable, you know, I, you know, I can't stop drinking or, or whatever the case may be. And, and you meet somebody, um, you know, who's already been on that path, mm. is a little bit further on the path. 
Um, there's something about that, you know, and um, there's the opportunity to remove the isolation, mm. you know, that addiction, shame, uh, mental health struggles that has that grip on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, so it's all about, to me, it's all about relatability. If you know what I mean, and um, you know, and, and, and stepping up and um, and you know, coming to the table with our truest self, and and um, wherever the chips fall, they fall. Yeah. You know, but but I think that's our that's our greatest chance at change. Do you love podcasts? You're listening to one right now, so we're gonna say you do. You know what makes podcast listening better? A really great set of earbuds nestled snugly into your appropriate head holes. You could win a really great set of earbuds courtesy of the Queen City Podcast Network. A set of Bose noise-canceling quiet comfort earbuds, a $200 value, could be all yours. And all you have to do is sign up to receive the Queen City Podcast Network email newsletter at queencitypodcastnetwork.com between now and April 16th, 2023. You heard me. Sign up to receive a twice-weekly email about all the latest Queen City Podcast Network releases. And you're entered in a drawing where you could win the earbuds of a lifetime. The rules are published at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. That's also where you sign up for the drawing. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com Your ticket to great listening with a great set of earbuds. We mentioned the pandemic a couple of times now, and I want to fast forward a little bit. So we had kind of mentioned 2018 when you discovered Ben's friends. So let's fast forward to kind of the pandemic, because when I first learned about you was when I just saw a post about this new concept called Your Farms, Your Table. So can you tell us a little bit about Your Farms, Your Table and, and how that came about? Yeah, for sure. So um, 2020 was a wild year. You know, the, the spring we went from... I. The Bobby Flay show came out in January 27th. And what's crazy about that is I filmed that in May of 19. And um, You had to keep we, it a secret for oh, a year. Well, here's the thing. It was like, they, you know, normally it takes 60 days, 90 days for those shows to um, be produced. And, and they find an air date and they roll with it. And so mine got kept getting put off. And then when the holidays rolled around, uh, I think there was another launch date, but it got put back, pushed back again or whatever. So my point is that it came out in January 27th of 2020. Um, I was at upstream, I was a chef there and, um, and we'd all, um, you know, finally hit our stride. Yeah. Great management crew. Um, the cooks, the chefs, oh, there's a sushi bar there, you know, so like everybody was, um, on the same page, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really hard. It's really rare actually, yeah. you know, for everybody to find the flow at the same time. And so we were super optimistic about, um, kind of bringing upstream back to, um, it being the celebrated restaurant that, um, it had been in the past, yeah. right? And so the pandemic had other plans, you know, and uh, I, for one, I don't know whether the chefs that you've had on here uh, have had to say about it, but I didn't see it coming. Mm. You know, I was thinking about summer menus and, um, you know, I was just focused on the restaurant, you know, which I, I can, I get, you know, tunnel vision sometimes. And so when the pandemic hit, um, we were all, at least I was super caught off guard and it was a super painful Scenario. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Really, in the industry, is lay off mm. thirty-seven people. Yeah, you know, to bring thirty-seven people into the restaurant, and um, and um, you know, say, I'm sorry, you know, we don't have anything for you. Um, you know, it was just, it, it sucked. It was horrible. And then, then after that, a couple things happened. 
So you have to try to follow me on this one. <laughs> We're so tracking. I, I go to Amazon. So I'm I'm laid off. I don't have a job. Um, I'm a dad. I have two kids, son and daughter, and so um, and I'm divorced too, right? It's, I don't have any money. <laughs> no money. <laughs> gotta do something. We got we got people yeah. to take care of, right? And so I go wind up going to Amazon because I heard they were hiring. I saw it on Facebook. I go to get a job. This is the same day I'm laid off. So I have my son with me. I go to Amazon. I stand in line for 45 minutes. I go through a two hour process of getting hired. I get hired, but they tell me at the end of the hiring process, you know, that they can't start me for two weeks, right? But I have a job, so that's good. Okay. The next day, um, I get a call from a farmer friend of mine. So at this point, I'm still like trying to process like what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's my next step going to be? So I get a call from my buddy Isaac, Harmony Ridge Farms. Um, he doesn't know what he's going to do. He just lost 35 wholesale counts. All the restaurants in Charlotte shut down. And, um, you know, it's March, so he just harvested seasons worth of crops or most of it and has another season in the ground. And so I'm like, yeah, man, this is crazy. And, um, and so the day after that, I'm in Waxhaw at a friend's house cooking out. And um, I'm actually cooking Isaac's vegetables mm. and some grilling. So I'm looking at the grill and I'm like, vegetables are over here. I have a steak on the side of the grill and I'm in Waxhaw, this super fancy neighborhood in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it would be so cool if I could just cook for these people here, you know, until upstream back, open back up. And so then I got the idea where I would just rip off restaurant week and do three courses for 30 bucks. Yeah. I would cook it at, you know what I mean? So I would go to Isaac's like farms, buy whatever they had and bring it back to the house and then engineer a three course menu. I could have fun doing that. Um, and again, like I wasn't sick, you know, I could work. And so that's, that was my mentality there. And, um, and also hopefully use my story because I had this new audience on social media from the Bobby Flay show, mm -hmm. you know, to highlight farmers and, and make sure that this crew is still around after we get through this pandemic. Everybody's thing. taking care of everybody uh, at this point. Yeah. 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 And so anyway, so that, and, and, and so anyway, so I was going to do 10 meals, six days a week. Let me see if I remember this correctly. 10 <laughs> meals, 10 meals a day, six days a week. All right. I could not get my car repossessed. I could pay my rent, take care of my children. And, um, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, not have to go to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Which was obviously the clear driver of all of this was how do I not work anything, for Amazon? Anything Literally Amazon. anything. I would have done it. I would have done it. Of course you would Of course. Yeah. 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 Listen, sorry, Amazon. I think I no called, no showed. So. <laughs> You, you, can't, you, know, you can't go back the there now. Those, those executives are eating at your restaurant so, now, so really? I'm not mad. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was the second week. It might have been the third week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, I wound up sending meals over to um, somebody from Charlotte Agenda, which is now Charlotte Axios. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and they wrote a review, and the review was glowing. And um, they really enjoyed everything. And then the next morning, my Venmo starts to pile up. <laughs> I didn't buy enough produce. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And so we went from doing 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 out of my apartment in Cotswold. And so, but like every meal is three courses. So if you do 30, that's 90 plates. Right. And, um, and so that's, that's how it all began. That's amazing. Really just, uh, and that's, so that is my mindset again is like, I have to give credit where credit's due. And those are the people that um, paved the way for me in recovery, yeah. you know? So mm -hmm. it was, it was like, get out of self. And in the service moment and everything between the ears would be right-sized. Yeah. You know, stay in the solution, not the problem. That's amazing. Ugh. And it, that sentence just... <laughs> that just hits that you. Just, that was right? a good mm -hmm. note for me. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you, you hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and having that moment of clarity mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you're like, here are all of the bits and pieces of this problem around me. And how do I contribute something good mm -hmm. in the face of all of this crap? Because I think, you know, I, I had to lay someone off, too, and it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And it made it worse that she was, like, super nice about it. I was like, just be mad. Can you just be a right. jerk to me? Because yeah. I feel like I deserve that. Yeah. But I think everybody taking that moment where everyone was hurting to stop and be 
caring to one another Mm -hmm. and figure out how to help Mm -hmm. in the situation that felt really helpless, Mm -hmm. that made such a difference. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah. So your farms, your tables is still, is it still going? Still going. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's the numbers now? Like what's the (laughs) weekly count? We're up from 10. We have, now we have five divisions of your farms, your tables. Amazing. So the numbers, oh, we could sell more to-go meals, but you know, you know <laughs> that's been a moving target since the world went, kind of went back to normal, but everything else is, is going really well. And COVID doesn't exist anymore. We know no, that. Yeah. Sorry, it's over. It's, it's all over. It's right, over. Yeah. But you know, one of the, we mentioned this a little bit that you fell in love with the seasonality of food and, and purchasing and, and creating dishes that are based on what is most, uh, you know, at the peak of freshness mm-hmm. um, for what whatever the season is. So that's what really, you know, got me about your farms, your table. And, and that's where what you have brought forward to your newest concept, which is Restaurant Constance. <sighs> and can you tell us a little bit about why the name Restaurant Constance? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It, I named it after my daughter. Hmm. Yeah. Constance is my oldest. Um, I have Constance and I have Alan Gray. Which means I have to open up another restaurant. That's right. <laughs> and no, but um, is he holding that over you. A little bit, a little bit, but no, whenever, you know, so I, you know, whenever I went, um, to treatment, um, and, and found sobriety, I was away, I was away for a long time. I was away before that ever happened. You know, I wasn't in their lives for, um, you know, a period of time. And so, but whenever I was, I went, kind of went through this reintroduction process and it was, um, you know, and, and, uh, incremental visits and stuff. Um, you know, she just, they just, both of them just welcomed me with open arms, you know, and, and, um, and then, you know, about the same time, I was still trying to figure out what I would do next. I, I, you know, I wasn't cooking for a long time. And then I realized that if I put recovery first, and that was my primary, like that was my priority, and then I could do anything, mm. including cooking. I was convinced I couldn't do it. I thought I was going like, to sell insurance or something like ridiculous. <laughs> like wear pleated pants and sell insurance or something. I don't know. Yo, you don't have to come for the pleats, okay? I, the pleats maybe. did nothing to you, Sam. <laughs> but... Um, but that's where my mindset was at. And so anyway, so, um, so I, you know, just again, like on the path of recovery and, um, and once I realized that I could stay sober, I could cook. And then I began to, um, I just saw things differently, you know? And, and so my, and so that was reflected in, in the food I was cooking. It was better. You know, it was almost like, um, um, I mean, everything just slowed down for me. I just mm. saw things differently. I could taste differently. I could feel differently. And I, and, um, for me cooking i don't use a lot of recipes it's more energy based and i just felt completely different like it was this is everything was something new kind of like whenever the like whenever the pandemic shut down and i was out in the fields with the farmers it was very much um and i've been buying from farms since the beginning you know Mm -hmm. i told you about that you know the Mm -hmm. restaurant i worked at after my parents place um you know i felt like it was almost like this spiritual awakening to where um i just saw things differently and i realized like this is where it's at you know and and not only that but there's also stories to be told um, you know, cause I'm in the, I'm in the trenches with the farmers and, and, you know, and I realized then and there like that they are the heroes behind the food community and chefs get so much love and, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's a thing. And I don't, I don't think it should be like that, you know? And, and so anyway, so, um, you know, so whatever, so, you know, cooking again, like I've, I've been leaning in on cooking from the beginning and, and, um, you know, it, it has paved a path for me and, and that was the, so this is the latest chapter. You know, but, but back to the restaurant. Yeah, I named it after my daughter, but it also means steadfast, which I think represents kind of what we're about as a family and what we're about as a, um, you know, as a, as a company family, mm-hmm. super steadfast. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so we're storytellers, you know, and that's what the restaurant's all about. I feel like I'm listening to 
the pitch for your episode of Chef's Table. Right. Like, this is right. The, I'm hearing the music already like kicking up in the background. Like, have you talked to them? Because this I'm absolutely gonna go talk to, needs to I'm going to go make a call. Netflix. Oh, my God. I Got literally wrote down Chef's Table because I, I, mean, I don't know if I can like write in something. I feel like we can tag them in, on the Netflix uh, Instagram account. Be like, just, you need to be paying attention. For serious, though. I mean, yeah. what a cool story. And I just... I love Steadfast. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Stories aside, though, let's talk about the food. Yeah. Okay. Abby. Ah! I know. (laughs) So if you had to pick one favorite dish. Oh, my God. I know. You have to pick one. Oh, my God. I love Needless Rules. This is so mean. You have to pick one dish. Well, Chef called it out immediately. I mean, as soon as I got there, you were just like, have you looked at the menu? I was like, yes, but I want you to tell me what I should enjoy. And he was just like, well, the hamachi sashimi is just... And holy shit, it just blew my mind immediately. I had no... It, my favorite thing about your food is is how you add all of these different components for that are that are salty, that are sweet, that are savory. That the textures, there's crunch, there's you know smooth textures. Everything is, comes together as one perfect bite, and this was a great example of that um, because mm-hmm. I didn't expect pear um, with that, and then this like amazing like yuzu sauce that it was swimming in, and it wasn't swimming in that it was like drowned, but it was just like that is not a Myrtle Beach shrimp uh, basket, my no, friends. No, it is not. <laughs> Elevated. This gentleman has come far away from Myrtle <laughs> Beach and has brought them this incredible elevated but still accessible food that I think what I really loved about it is that I really truly feel like no matter where you are in your culinary journey, if you're like a foodie or if you're just someone who loves a shrimp basket, like you will enjoy your time mm. at at this restaurant. I really appreciated that the food is accessible to all. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know if that was intentional on your part, but it really feels that way. And again, the fact that you say, oh, well, this, you know, this came from my friend Isaac's farm. And it's just like, cool. Like, I love that. I want to go meet Isaac. <laughs> you know, it's good. Yeah. And I feel like I have a new appreciation for that because there is so much pride behind the food itself before it even hits um, a prep table for you. And, and so it, it carries throughout all the way to the, to the table. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, I, we kind of, I kind of refer to that as a flavor journey, you know, that kind of what you're referring to as far as, um, flavor journey. a flavor journey, journey, but like seeing something very simple. And I think, um, I read this quote and, um, I forget the chef, a Japanese chef. We want to say a lot by saying very little. Yeah. And so that's, so that's the mission right there. I think you're you achieving know? it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. You know, but, but like, um, it's an, I see it as an opportunity to make an impact on people. Right. So, you know, we have several dishes on the menu, not all, but several, um, you know, that are visually familiar to people. Right. And, but that's, that's where it ends, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so what we've done and what we've been able to do, and what we have fun doing, you know, is just accessing different points in my career, whether I was in Mexico or, um, cooking Spanish food or living in Philadelphia, cooking French food, mm-hmm. um, to where, you know, we can add layers of flavor that you can't see with your eyes. Um, you know, but you'll definitely taste it, you know, on first bite. And then you'll know instantly, like, this isn't the steak and potatoes that you thought it was going to be, Yeah. you know, or whatever the case may be. And so that's, that's the mission right there. It's not, we won't, you know I mean? Like we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We still want to honor the food and honor the farmer, you know, but also tell a story through the, the way you taste it. Yeah. And I, I told this to you when I was there at the restaurant in a food coma at the end of the day, I was just like <laughs> stars in my ass. I was just like, I can't even stand it. Um, but there were, there were two things that really stood out to me. One is the non-alcoholic uh, options on your drink menu. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to dig into that and talk a little bit about that because they are outstanding mm-hmm. um, as standalones. They can they can do it all. You know, you yeah. don't have to have a glass of wine, you know, and I love the idea of normalizing different options. Even if you love do drink. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's like even the idea of just a mocktail is just normalizing the idea of just like, 
different creative drinks that don't have to include alcohol. Yeah. I just love that, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. think that was really cool. Cool, cruel, and not cruel. Um, I Don't worry, I edit this, so I get to edit. <laughs> I get to make myself sound great at the end of it. Sound gruel. <laughs> I can sound gruel. Um, the other component that I really appreciated and what I mentioned to you was that we had several um, dishes that featured similar components, but in a different way, mm. reimagined. So kale was on the menu because yeah. kale is, you know, in peak freshness, right, in the mm-hmm. colder months. So they, we had a beautiful kale salad. Um, and, I mean, the server that we had, she was just like, I don't like kale and I love this. And I'm like, great, we're getting that. Yep. And so, of course, and it was delicious and everything and that was great. And then we ordered a couple of other mains and one was grits and I saw some kale in there. Yes. And I was like, I love that this is included in here. And then we also, when you get kale, you get 9 million pounds of kale. Right, of course. Like, it's that whole, like, six pound bag that you get. It's just like, never ends. Everything when I get it. Never ends. Yes. Um, You take what is is in season, Mm -hmm. and then you find places for it that make sense for it. You're not just jamming it in there because you have nine pounds Mm -hmm. of it, right? You're making it make sense. Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll, I'll (laughs) stuff it in, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just crying into a bowl of just, like, kale grits. No, but, so I really, really appreciated that about, about the way that you approach your um, dishes on the menu. Thank you. Thank you. That's, um, I got to give a shout out to Ben Street, uh, Street Fair Farm. He grows yeah. our lettuces, our kale and our lettuces. Love it. Shout mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's another um, opportunity to honor him and all the effort uh, that he and his family put into growing what they grow. I mean, that we get that on Wednesdays. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that came today. And I went and, on Wednesday. And you went on nice. Wednesday, right? Yeah, there it is. Look at that. And, um, you know, and, and so, um, and then there's like the, um, you know, that we do our best to eliminate as much waste as possible. Mm. And so we cross you less. I love that. Cook those stems, right? Why not? Can you cook the kale stems? Do we're not there yet. No. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> They're so no. gross. Compost. <laughs> See, but it's still being used. Circle it's of life continues. It's, it's worm food. I'm embarrassed sometimes by the amount of produce waste. What was I using? Oh, I've been trying to cook with leeks more, and I mm-hmm. just... Ninety like percent of that thing goes straight in the trash. They're so good, but yeah. I'm like, this is I'm just ruining the world. Uh, but that's awesome. So, as far as the menu development goes, mm-hmm. knowing that you've got this focus on, you know, fresh farm ingredients, mm-hmm. what's what's the one dish that I think? And same, I'll ask the same question that I asked Abby. Other than the hamachi, because uh-huh. we've got that. What are you What are you most proud of? Like, what's the dish that you're like? That's the one. Oh man! I know. I don't know. Yeah. Pick your so favorite often. child. <laughs> That's what she's asking. It's clearly, Constance. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Is it, how many episodes are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite dish. Or if you if you can answer that, I'm curious to know, like, yeah, or, or if you have a couple. No, I mean, um, I so I love um like braises are tough mm. right you know so we you take this piece of meat that's uh, incredibly chewy and um and then you implement a few important steps and some technique and um and time yeah. t-i-m-e key ingredient ah. um and you can create something special so right now we have short ribs on the menu i had them she had them yeah uh, and then we have this food. pork shank as well which is even tougher than short ribs I'm going to have so, that when you go with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's something to be really proud of, you know, because yeah. that's like a three-day process. Um, the, the the New York strip that we have on the menu, that's a two- or three-day process right there because mm. we age it, we marinate it, and then we, you know, sous vide, and then we cook it to order. Um, so there's a, couple, there's a couple dishes on there that I'm really happy I about. I just bought a sous vide oh, did for you really? my husband. Yes. Oh, really? This is a very selfish birthday gift on my behalf. Yeah. I was like, here, like, this seems like for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I bought the grill that yeah. we own. I have never used it. You're this like is a, the deal. You're like this sous vide machine came with two filet mignons. <laughs> that's right. Know. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your favorite thing to sous vide? Is it is it red meat? Like what do you? I feel like I have no idea where to start. Okay, so we implement a. Um, uh, this technique where we're basically compressing right now we're compressing yeah. pears. And so mm. we have this opportunity to make an impact on, on mm. fruit in, in ways that we couldn't before, you know, with technology. And that was and so a that, part so of basically the our cryovac machine. Science. Yeah. And was that not the compressed part? That was part of the uh, tuna crudo dish that I had. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was also incredible. Girl. I mean, I'm going to start compressing fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I will be I'm there not, to taste I'm test. Not gonna do, do it, man. Do it. <laughs> I'm not that technically. We can be creative. We can yeah. learn things. I can she's learn like, stuff. She's like, my husband's going to be compressing some fruit. He's going to be yeah, compressing I can't food. wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Shout out, Jeff. He yeah. takes care of me. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Uh, well, so now we're recording this. It's March mm-hmm. now. This will likely air in April because mm-hmm. um, I've got a second job I have to do in between. <laughs> uh, the one that pays the bills. Uh-huh. Um, so thinking about late April coming into May, like what's going to be in season? What are you excited about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting question. We're on the threshold right now between late winter and early spring. And so, you know, my list this week from Isaac, of all people. Um, he has We're going to get him on the podcast. I've heard his name so many times. Do it. Give me his number. Do it. Yeah, yeah I will. I'll share his contact. Would he hate that or would he love it? He, you would have to pry words out of him. Okay, he's, cool. he's a man of very few words. Oh, so you have so much fun. We with had that. a really, we've skilled with this. We, we just bring a yeah. six pack of beer tell. and we're good. I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> totally tell. Yeah, Go no, ahead. he would love it. And he deserves it. Um, so we have asparagus coming this week. But We love asparagus. Yeah, um, so, you know, spring veggies, like the collards will go away, and Mm -hmm. then we'll see some shards, different varieties of shards and greens like that. Um, And then you'll see, start to see, like, green strawberries. Mm -hmm. You know, those will pop up on the menu. We'll we'll pickle some of those. And um, Do you want some? I've got a whole bunch that are just, I let, (laughs) yes, so I think it's going to be a bumper crop for me this year. My strawberries are already, like, crazy. The Fort Mill Strawberry Festival is coming up in the next couple of months, I think. I've been there. I've done that. I'm ready to go. Yep. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, we uh it, we're in an interesting time right now in Charlotte because we had two seasons just today. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. It was winter this morning. Isn't that wild? It was just bonkers. Like my flowers at home have already popped up and I'm like, y'all just give yourself some time. See, I used to have a peach tree growing up in Houston and Houston weather is also Sam, wild. If you didn't I don't know, know if you know this. She's from Texas. I am from Texas. She peppers this in and Every it's like an Easter egg. Everyone really loves is. it. It's the thing love we it. love. She um, has it on a t-shirt now. I do. Thank you. <laughs> the best gift ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like my my peach tree would be like, oh, it's summer. Welcome. And like right. wake up and then yeah. we'd have a cold snap and it's like, I'm dead. Like no. every year we never had That's any so sad. Peach, every peaches. Uh, well. Very sad. So yeah. no peaches this year. I mean, now that I live here, I hope that there will be peaches. Okay. I don't know if it's been a good season for them or not. I don't know. We'll predict we'll predict the future, Sam. Yep. Would you please? I yeah. see peaches in your future. Oh, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get that. I'm going to roll the Wink. dice. <laughs> Out of your lips. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things that we always do uh, when we're talking to amazing chefs and restaurateurs in the city is ask them where they go to eat. Uh, pay it forward, so to speak. Like we're here to talk to you about all of the success that you've had, um, and especially with Restaurant Constance just being brand new. Mm-hmm. But where does where does Sam go when mm-hmm. he's like hankering for something good <laughs> um, that's in the city? Yeah. Um, okay. So sushi's at Oku. Mm-hmm. I love Oku, and I think that's about like great sushi's about the rice. And I think they oh, really we learned that very rice. recently. Oh, yes. 
How? Tell me about this. So Chef Robin Anthony at uh, Omakase by Prime Fish and yeah, Prime Fish. I need to go there. Oh, yeah. oh let us know. Yes, we'll be there. Do. We'll Have go you with you. Wait, yeah, we went. You've already been. We went. We went. It, it was good. Right before Christmas and it was I incredible. had to take out a loan, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a signing bonus right there. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. It was but incredible. It. And we went with uh, Sarah Gudebach, who is sake Sarah is well known in the city for her sake prowess. So we had just an excellent guide to that whole mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Um, I have not yet been to Prime Fish, but that's mm-hmm. the next stop on my sushi train. Yep. Choo-choo. Yep. Cool. Less uh, barrier to entry <laughs> for right. financials yeah. than yeah. Right. Omakase, but yeah. still incredible. But yeah, the yeah. rice, the rice. That's is where we learned about the rice. There. Like it. I even said to when we had him on the podcast, I was like, I normally don't care about rice. To right. me, it's like filler. But the rice in that experience was completely different mm-hmm. than the trash that you get. No offense, completely. the rest of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and the and the story that he tells about how he's partnered with those the the farmers in Japan to get that one specific right. rice that I mean, like that, won't sell to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Oku's probably fine. Right <laughs> <laughs> so I go to Oku. Um, you know, if I'm with my kids, then we'll go to Indaco. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like Indaco. Oh, I was just talking about yeah. Indaco. Yeah. Both of which are owned by Steve Palmer, who's also the founder of Ben's Friends. Ah, yeah. neat. He does a good know. job. So that's so there's like that. I think there's great energy there in the restaurants that he operates. Um, for Mexican, I'll go to Tacos El Novato. Mm. You know that one? Uh, yeah. I live right behind it. Yeah, right there? <laughs> I can smell them making their stuff in the morning from yeah. my backyard. Isn't that amazing? It's You know, you walk dangerous. in, you order, and then they make your tortillas. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's, it's really incredible. Cool. Like yep. right on the spot there. You didn't tell me that. We'll come visit. And you- then for for Indian, I'll go to oh, uh, what is it? It's called. It's not Optimus Optimus Hall. <gasps> Bodiwala. Bodiwala. Yeah, yeah Bodiwala. by uh, by the, the folks from Chaipani. Lambodi. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll get from there. That's yeah. good too. Mm-hmm. We had the kale chips. Yes, the, the pakora kale pakora. So good. Uh-huh. One of my favorites. It's just like popcorn made of kale. So With good. like the cilantro chutney. She hates cilantro. I don't do cilantro. It's good. Change though. my mind. Ooh, okay. Challenge. Do you, you love cilantro? I don't hate it. Okay, that's all. Yeah. That's that's that seems like a we're, great we're buds. Yeah, we've got. I could a range. Here. I could eat a salad just like mostly. I would built rather out chew of off my own arm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Oh Put boy, some cilantro on it first. And I, I'll also, when chew. I go to Tacos El Novato, no cilantro. No cilantro. <laughs> Onions all day. No cilantro. Oh my god, just give me the hot. That's embarrassing yeah. for you. Yeah. It's not uh, like I like it. That's okay. I get it. Can't help I get it. it. I'm a super taster. <laughs> She's yeah. wearing that badge of armor, but like I told her, it just means that you have a bad experience. I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> it's not good for you. At least I know why. That's fair. We have answers. Knowledge now. is power. Jen. It is. It I is. have to give it. Um, while we're talking about this, I have to give a shout out to Cold Hearted Gelato. Yes. Ooh. Yep. And, What's the uh, wackiest flavor you've had? Um, I think she's done something with corn. I thought it was really yeah. good. Um, I what you know, it's whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Whatever yeah. you know, do, put clever. it in my face. Yeah, yeah. I might uh, stop there on my way home. Actually. I think we should probably I reach out. Yeah. I know. Um, well, she was actually there for um, her final service at counter uh, before she opened Cold Hearted Gelato. That's right. I yeah. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. We were there that night. Did we have ice cream there? Probably. Yes. No. Oh. We've been know. twice, so now I can't remember. There Not was important. one. <laughs> I got to say Wentworth and Fenn, too. Bakery. Oh, yes. yes. That's bakery in Charlotte. So Sam has actually partnered with you at, with Restaurant Contest, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how that how that works? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I like Sam is an amazing individual, you yeah. know, high, super high character and te- like integrity like no other. And um, and I think you can taste that in what she mm-hmm. creates um, and, and in who she is. And, and I think that's 
you know, that's important to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, um, when it came time to thinking about the pastry program for RC, um, I'm stretched, you know, Mm -hmm. my hands are full and, um, you know, and, and so uh, over a few cups of coffee and uh, several conversations, we, we came to a partnership and I'm so glad that we did. That's amazing. I, saw, know, I, I mean, it's a great way to like, it's the, like one of the, I can't imagine like a better last impression, right? Right. You know, Absolutely. Than, than, than something that she makes. I had to see all the social media posts and I'm just drooling. I think mm-hmm. was it yesterday or today, the sweet tea cake thing? The what? The, it was like a sweet tea snack cake with sweet amazing. tea on the side. It just looked so good. It that had like amazing. actual like loose leaf tea on the top, I think. Yeah. Ugh. And candy lemon. Oh, oh and lemon gelato. Okay. And then we, right. we pour sweet tea. Uh, not trying to rub this in or anything. But yeah, rub it well, in. Yeah. And you're rubbing so it in. So we pour sweet tea table side. Well, what are you doing tomorrow night, Jen? I'm actually going I'm to dinner with a friend, but not there. I but mean, maybe <laughs> I need to. Oh, no. So how hard is it to get a reservation? Are you guys pretty full up? Um, we're, I think we're booked through April. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's like, there's cancellations. I think we have five o'clock and nine o'clock and stuff like that. So, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I sat, I sat down for an eight o'clock, which you, I, I know me. <laughs> yeah. That's, Normally she's going to turn into a pumpkin, but, uh, just, I did this for you and I did it for us. Jen. You did it for and, us. And oh my gosh. It was one of the best nights of my life. And it was just there, <sighs> the, the energy of the restaurant. It's a really cozy space, yeah. but it still feels there's so much passion all over the restaurant with everyone who's involved, the whole team Thank you. that it, and then the pacing was also amazing. And the food was so bright um, and flavorful mm-hmm. that at no point it wasn't overly heavy. It wasn't anything. So it just felt like a really great night. And again, I was, I didn't have alcohol. I had a non-alcoholic drink. Um, it was like the, the strawberry basil situation. Ooh. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that comment. Yeah. And so I was just flying high. And so by the end of the night, it was like 930. And I was like, I feel great. Yeah, and then I went home and crashed. Yeah, but right but bed. I drove home, so it's fine. That's good. I was awake all the way home. Uh, well, good. okay. So we've alluded to the fact that you have one child who does not have a restaurant to mm-hmm. his name. Poor thing. If you had to come up with a concept for him, what is it? I already have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you Can you share? share? No. Nope. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Will you promise to it's come gonna back be better when it's than ready? A burger. He was like, can I, "Can I just get a burger named after me?" I was like, "We don't, we're not serving those. We're not doing that." <laughs> Will you promise, Chef? Will you promise to come back when that concept is ready and Deal. share it with us? Deal. Great. Deal. So it's in promise. the works. Mm-hmm. You have a timeline. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Mm-mm. Not going to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Well, you let heard me, it let here me first. This, let me get this. Um, let's get RC yeah. off the ground and then <laughs> let me get RC stabilized, <laughs> yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah, the second hardest thing I've ever done in my life. What was the first? Open the restaurant. Getting sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the first prepared me for the second. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think everything's easy after that, right? Yeah. Easier. <laughs> easier. Easier. Perspective. Change is always hard, hard yeah, but yeah, you yeah, learn some things yeah. along the way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, if folks are interested in finding you, I think obviously they can go to RC, Restaurant Constance. But mm-hmm. what else can they do to keep up with you? You have an Instagram handle you want to share? Sure. Chef Sam Diminich. Uh, at Chef Sam Diminich. Yep. And then we cool. have your farms, your table and restaurant concerts as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'll be there as soon as I can get a reservation. That's not at 5 p.m. Why not? Uh, because I have a day job, Abby, and you know this. Well, I think sometimes you I'll leave early. On the yeah. <laughs> we'll do a happy hour. You open at five? We open at five. All right, cool. I'll dig up one. Chef Sam, thank you so much for being here this evening. It was an absolute pleasure hearing your cool. story and learning about your journey. Uh, I cannot wait to try your food. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. For this batch, my name is Jen. My name is Abby. And this has been Amused Bouge. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Queen City